Welcome to Break the Routine Podcast presented by Chef Region 7. On our podcast, we'll talk with guests on various topics that range from professional development to personal growth. We want to share stories that many can relate to and that our audience can feel a sense of ease when they hear how others got to where they are. Please stay tuned to future episodes. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of our Break the Routine podcast. This is Andres. And as usual, before I get to our guest and introducing her, I want to go ahead and go over our usual regional updates. As I always mention, our regional conference, RLDC, is coming up in April. Um, so just keep in mind, early bird registration ends March 9th. So right now for students, it's 125 and for professionals, it's 145. After March 9th, it's going to go up to 155 for students and 165 for professionals. And also keep in mind that if you want to book at the hotel directly where the conference is going to be at, the deadline for that is March 18th to secure the 129 per night rate. Um, we have a lot of sponsors coming up. Um, we have Google, Cummings, PNG, and much more uh, signing up up until the day of the event. So please keep that in mind. Also, March is a big month for us because we have our first Sheptina's virtual social on March 3rd. So if you want to sign up, it's RSVP. Uh, you can find that link on Linktree via Instagram. Also, we'll be having our March Madness social media competition where all the chapters get to compete with one another to see who's the best in our region. More information on that coming soon. And the last event that we have at March is the President's Corner of our Chef CEO, Chris Wilkie, and Rose Figueroa, who's our Chef Tina's Region 7 Director. Uh, they'll be having cool conversations about running organizations and so on. So with that being said, I do want to introduce our guest. Um, We've known each other for a little bit now, so, so this will be a great opportunity to find out a little bit more about her. Uh, her name is Sara gonzalez Henao. She started her academics pursuing a career in medicine. She attended the University of Florida, where she obtained her first bachelor's degree in biology. After that, she went on to pursue her master's in biomedical sciences. And after a year of working in the medical field, she realized that the financial and time commitment just wasn't necessary for her career. So she decided to go back and to school and pursue a career in engineering. So she's currently in her last year studying mechanical engineering and interning at Lockheed Martin as a manufacturing engineering intern. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Of course. So I wanted to have you on because for those who've been listening to our episode recently, there has been a sense of um, stress from a lot of our students because they're very concerned of what the next step is, especially when they finish college and all that good stuff. And they like to hear stories of individuals where, you know, maybe they went a certain way, probably didn't work out and they decided to go a different way. And it turns out to be a way that they figured probably was better off in the beginning anyway. But I know a little bit of your story and I figured you'd be a great uh, guest on our podcast to just give everyone a little bit of insight. So hopefully people will hear your story and get a little bit of inspiration and understanding of what that switch is like and hopefully get a little bit more confidence if they're considering it. So. Can you, I know I gave you a quick intro from your bio, but can you give anyone a quick intro to yourself? Anything else you want to add? Definitely. Um, well, first and foremost, I am um, Colombian descent. So I was the first person in my family to move to, the, to go to, the, to a university in the United States, um, being the oldest in my family as well. So I was very looked upon by my younger sister, my cousins and everyone. So I was setting up an example for everyone. That was a lot of pressure being young at the age that I was going into college for my first degree at UF. Um, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, a lot of expectations to meet. 
Um, so it can definitely be a very stressful process at the beginning, trying to choose the best career path. Obviously being young, you don't really know or you think you know, but then life kind of starts showing you a different career path as you get older. Um, and I think that in itself has taught me a lot about not only personal growth, but also has taught me a lot about being resilient. Um, and I owe that a lot to my parents too. So I think having the support system is very important, whether it's your parents, a sibling, whoever it may be. Um, so yeah, I initially did my degree in biology, full force medical school. Um, I always knew I wanted to help people and I always thought, oh, helping people is being a physician. Um, I slowly started to realize after graduating and working in the healthcare field, that being a physician wasn't necessarily the only way of helping people. You can make a bigger impact doing other things. Um, and I just couldn't find myself committing to the idea of 10, 12 more years of school and the financial obligation that comes along with medical school. Um, so I did a little bit of reevaluating, kind of took a big step back, like looked at the bigger picture, saw what my options were. I had a few options. And one of them was actually applying to PA school. I thought to myself, okay, medical school might be long and enduring process. Maybe I'll look into the PA track. And I actually did start applying to PA school. I actually applied to medical school twice. I took my MCAT twice and I did, took my GRE and applied to PA school um, as well. So I did both thinking maybe that would be a better option for me still staying in the healthcare track. Um, I wasn't fully committed to that idea. After a few months, I was like, no, I could see myself doing a lot more than just that. And so then at that point, that's when I realized maybe I just need to reevaluate my whole medical career path. And thankfully for me, I have a huge support system. My parents were like, hey, you're never too old to go back to school. Why don't you consider that as an option? And part of me was like, whoa, that's a huge thing to consider. That's a lot of financial obligation as well. Um, and a time commitment. I felt like I was going backwards. At some point I was like, geez, this is like literally going back to school and just starting from the beginning. So I thought about it, reconsidered it, started to think, well, if I go back to school, what am I gonna go back to school for? And Part of me was like thinking about my hobbies. And I was like, well, I do enjoy doing these things, which was like interior designing and being a girl essentially. But then I was like, no, I can challenge myself a little bit more. I'm, I, like, I like the challenge. So always had a niche for math, always enjoyed math. Science, obviously really big in science. So I was like, I'll stick with the STEM. I'll continue in the STEM field. And what better thing for me to do than maybe go into engineering and if later down the road, I can merge my, my medical background with engineering and go somewhere in the medical biomedical engineering field, that would be great. And that's a great way of helping people, not directly, but indirectly helping people. So I figured I went, I was like, I'll just go back to school. So I applied, I figured which schools allow me to do a second bachelor's degree and UCF, which is the closest to my hometown, which is West Palm Beach, Florida. I was like, well, UCF is pretty close. My sister went to UCF. Orlando is a great city, why not apply? So I applied, got accepted a few months later, and I literally had three months to pack my bags, find an apartment and move to Orlando. So I did, I just took that leap of faith and I just moved here, moved in with my sister, convinced her to come with me. And we've been living together and I've been here in Orlando and I'm doing mechanical engineering. I think it's the best option for me with what I wanna do in my life. 
it's going to open up a lot of opportunities, even if it's not medical related. And it's been a great journey so far. I've been really happy. I feel like I made the best decision. And looking back at it, it's just time and time just goes by. So why not make it the best out of it and be productive and do what you really are happy with? Because ultimately you're going to be working for the rest of your life or most of your life. So you might as well be in something that you really enjoy and like. 100% agree. That's awesome. So going back a little bit um, in medicine, was there any moment where you were studying medicine that you started thinking, "Mm, maybe this isn't where I want to end up? Was that anything like that? Or was that after you got your degrees? No, it was actually after I got my degrees and I was actually in the workforce. And I worked for at a pediatrician office, which I loved because at first I thought I wanted to do pediatrics. Um, going back a little bit in my UF career, I was very involved um, in a lot of like healthcare clubs. I was in Gators, Gators March, March for Dimes. I was in a um, heart association club. I shadowed. I also did volunteer hours. I volunteer at UF Health, Shands Hospital. It was called Shands Hospital at the time. Now it's changed. Um, so I volunteered there every week in various um, departments from emergency room to peds to OR to anesthesia, et cetera. And so I got a lot of hands-on experience and, and not once did I think, okay, I'm, this is not for me. I eventually, my junior going into my senior year, I got the opportunity to do research under a uh, a cardiothoracic surgeon. And I got to see a lot of incredible things. He did surgeries on small premature babies, like open heart surgeries. I was working on the congenital heart floor. It was incredible. I got to see open heart surgeries. I got to see liver transplants, heart transplants, which was when I saw, I was in the OR for like eight hours straight, just watching him do surgery. I got to see like the heart arrive from the helicopter into the room. It was just wow. a magical experience. And not once that I was like, did I feel queasy or did I feel like, oh my gosh, this is not for me. I can't stand the sight of blood. No, I loved it all. It was very like adrenaline rush and I just loved the feeling. And I could picture myself being in you know, the physician's shoes one day. But I think for me, it was after graduating and working in the Pete's off doctor's office. And then I went on to work in Durham that I realized got more personal with the physicians that work there. And I got to talk to them a lot. They became like more of mentors than anything else. I really got to pick at their brains. And I was like, hey, how was your career? How was your path? Do you enjoy it? How happy are you? And that really opened up my eyes to a bigger, a bigger idea of what healthcare was like for them. Don't get me wrong, they love what they do because at the end of the day, that's what they're doing. But it really allowed me to see that there was a lot of sacrifice that came from their life in order to be where they are today. And a lot of that sacrifice for me was very eye-opening. I'm a family person, so a lot of them had to sacrifice having a family or wait later on in life to have a family. And to me, that was a deal breaker. I was Mm -hmm. like, I can't imagine myself being a mom in my mid to late 40s like that for me, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom that idea. So I was like, you know what? I don't know if I'm willing to sacrifice being a physician and sacrifice not having a family to be a physician. And that's where I kind of was like, okay, whoa, that's a huge red flag for me. I need, maybe I need to reevaluate my career path a little bit. That's when I realized it, when I got the experience to actually talk and really gain a lot of personal advice from those people that I worked with. 
That's interesting. So it was, it was a lot to do with like that initial personal side of things that started thinking like, mm, okay, maybe this is not for me. Yeah. And I feel like maybe that's what kids and young going into the, their career paths. I think the best thing that the guys I can give is talk to someone in that field that's been in the field and say, Hey, I'm interested in becoming a doctor per se. How has your journey been? What sacrifices did you have to make to get there? Everyone has a different path, of course. Not every, not everything is solid in stone, but that will give you a more insight as to what it, that career path entails for you to do sacrifice-wise, whether it's financially, whether it's time. Do you have the ability to go to school for 10 more years and go in and get student loans and eventually become a physician? There are people out there that love it and they're willing to do it. For me, it was more of like, ooh, I'm a family person. I want to settle down and have a family earlier in my life than later. So that was a huge deal breaker for me. No, that's respectable. I like that. That's the thing too. You hit it on the nose because when I got into defense after college, you know, what started making me realize early on that I didn't want to stay there was, you know, talking to people that were working there for like their entire career. And, you know, they're like, oh, this is an amazing career. You do this, you do that. You know, your lifestyle is going to be like this. And I'm like, so like even early on, even though I was already in it, just starting to think, well, how do I not necessarily get out, but where can I begin to make the necessary steps that that doesn't happen to me where I'm just stuck in one role and that defines my career because that's not a career I technically wanted. Um, and fortunately it worked out recently, as people have heard from the episodes, I've been able to make a nice, nice uh, career change, which was very good. But um, let me ask you, so when you, Okay, so you started hearing all these things, you know, you started thinking, oh, this isn't really kind of something I want. What was really the deal breaker? What was the moment where you're like, okay, this isn't, this is it. Done. For me, I'm very resilient and I applied to medical school twice. It's a lot of money I spent applying to medical school. Mm -hmm. I took the MCAT twice. I studied six months each time for that exam. And I was working at the time and I was doing my master's at the time. So I had my hands really full, um, very, very full, very busy. And I was resilient. I was like, no, I'm gonna continue to apply. I'm gonna continue to go. This is like not the end for all. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. And I wouldn't take no as an answer. And for me, it was really hard to accept some, you know, rejection letters, which was very, very hard to accept. Rejection is very hard and it's normal as humans to feel conflicted when you get one of those rejections, whether it's a job rejection or whatever it may be. For me, it was medical school rejection letters. It was very hard, but part of me, it made me want to pursue it even more. Mm. Then when I got very personal with like my conversations with the doctors I worked with, I really, it really allowed me to take a step back and think to myself, am I just feeling a drive because of the rejections or am I feeling a drive because this is really what I want to do? Mm. So I'm like, am I trying to prove something or am I actually like really passionate about this career path? And that's when realizing the time commitment and the financial commitment, did I realize that where do I see myself in 10 years? Question came up. And I think my dad was the biggest driving force for that. He sat down with me one day and he's like, Sarah, you're spending so much time, so much money. You're so busy. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? And I never asked myself that question. I was just too focused on the present, like apply, 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 get in, get in, get in. 
that I didn't take a step back and really ask myself, where do I, where do I really see myself in 10 years? And that question really hit hard. And I really had to think about that. And I was like, dad, I really don't know. That was my genuine answer in, on the spot. And he later, I think a few, a few days or a few weeks went by and he asked me again. And I was like, I was like, dad, I don't have an answer for you yet. I'm still like questioning where I really see myself in 10 mm-hmm. years. And then after a few, a few weeks or so, I started to realize what's really important for me was family. So I was like, I see myself having a family in 10 years. I see myself living in a really nice house and at peace, being able to provide and being very successful in my career. And that's why I kind of looked thought about it. I'm like, but in 10 years, if I go down this medical field track, I'm not going to be there. So am I going to be happy ultimately? And part of me, part of me was like, no, but then I still had that part of me that was like, yes, you will be because you need to fight. You need to fight. You need to be resilient. You need to keep pushing because I've dedicated so much time already, you know? And I think the amount of rejection I received from medical schools was like, maybe I'm a huge, I have a huge faith. So maybe I was thinking to myself, God has something else planned for me. And he keeps telling me that this is not the way to go. And I just keep pushing and I keep being resilient and I keep spending money and I keep spending time. Sarah, take a huge step back and really look at things. And that's when I actually really took a big step back. And I said to myself, if this is where I see myself in 10 years and I'm not going to be there in 10 years, I don't know if I'm going to be happy and I'm going to have committed so much time and so much more money by going into medical school. So that's when I kind of withdrew my applications. I kind of took a huge step back. It took a lot in me to do that, but it really helped me visualize where I see myself. And that's when I started creating like a vision board. I don't know if you've ever heard of vision board. Mm -hmm. I started doing a vision board um, and I started seeing myself like, you know, with my business professional look, I was like, I'll never have that business professional look as a doctor. I'll be in scrubs, you know? So it was like a lot of things that were kind of like showing me a different career path. Mm-hmm. And that's when I kind of realized the time commitment, the sacrifice, the not being able to start a family early in life that I started to realize I needed to shift gears. And that's when I decided to look at my options. And for me, this is the land of opportunity. And I just took the opportunities, did research and I realized UCF and a lot of other schools offer second bachelors. Obviously you pay for it out of pocket, but I was like, what is it? It's nothing. At the end of the day, it's not gonna be worth anything as long as ultimately I'm gonna be where I wanna be career-wise. So I didn't see it as a sacrifice. I saw it more as an open door and open opportunity for something bigger. I like, I like what you said earlier about recognizing the difference between, are you doing it because you're trying to to be resilient with it, or you're doing it because you actually want to do it. And I think that's a question a lot of people don't really ask themselves is that exact same question. Because with me, I started, I started engineering mainly because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I'm, I'm that guy. High school is like, all right, I have to go to college. So what do I want to do? So electrical engineering seemed like the, the way to go. But after I got to UCF and started realizing, I mean, I could do the work. But when you see the people who are super into whatever they do and circuits and whatever, I was like, I just don't see myself doing this. And why do I, why am I going to kill myself just to, to finish, you know? And it, the same thing, I took a step back and, and it set me back a little bit, but, you know, being able to kind of like what you did, talk to your circle, talk to the people that kind of know you and, and give you their honest opinion. They were able to say, maybe industrial engineering is kind of the way you want to go because I've always enjoyed leading. I've always enjoyed 
organizing and seeing things in a bigger picture sense and still wanting to be in STEM, still wanted to have that engineering perspective. Industrial engineering was the way to go. And little did I know, which I'm going to ask you a little bit, little did I know how it was going to lead eventually to something that even at the time I didn't know what I wanted to do, but now I do know. So for you, jumping into engineering, you made that decision. You figured it was, it was something that you could see yourself doing. Speaking today, having made that switch, do you feel like, wow, now I'm in a way better place? So how are you feeling today now having made that switch? I can honestly say with all certainty that I am happier than I've ever been. I don't know if it was the environment I was in when I first started my career, my college career, but that environment, it was very competitive. Everyone was just, you know, competing, trying to get their door here, trying to get research in, trying to do what they could to stand out because in order for you to get into medical school, you have to be like very unique. You have to have a unique career path. You have to do something that a lot of people haven't done, whether it's published research. It was very like, that's kind of like how I was told you in order to get to medical school, this is what you have to do kind of thing. So I was always having like a list, like, do I have this? Do I have that? Do I have this? Do I have that? And it was a lot of pressure and it was draining. And there were days where I felt so tired. I felt like I just couldn't keep going. But part of me was like, be resilient, be resilient. And it was just a lot of stress. And I think a lot, I put the stress on myself too, because I was trying to be a role model to my sister, be a, prove to my parents that the decision they made of coming to this country was the best decision they made and I'm making the best out of it. And one day I'm gonna become a, a very well, well-known professional. So there was a lot of pressure. And I think being young and having that pressure does not help really decipher what career path to take. The pressure really like gets to your head and you think you're doing the right thing, but part of you is not happy. And I think the biggest advice I can give someone that's going through like a career crisis where they don't really know if they're in the right place or if they're even in the right career path is to take a step back and really think for yourself, where do you want to see yourself in 10 years? And are you currently happy with what you're doing? I'm not saying you have to enjoy statics. I'm not saying you have to enjoy dynamics. I'm just saying like, do you see yourself applying what you're learning and maybe make be a, be of an impact in some company X Y Z in some positive way. Does that make sense? So for me, I was like, well, I could see myself being a doctor, but do you think am I going to be happy being on call and having to leave my family for the weekend because I have to be at the hospital? No, and that for me was like okay. So the only way I'd be very happy is if I have my own my own like office, but that's going to take a long time to get there. It's not going to be right away. So there's going to be a lot of sacrifices that I have to make in order to get to that point. And am I willing to make those sacrifices? So you really have to see all the steps that it takes to get to where you want to be in order for you to realize if that career path is for you. Um, so for me, it was, it was very eye-opening to really see it step-by-step. Step. I wish I would have known earlier. Obviously it would have saved me a lot of time and money, but I think there's a reason to why things happen this way because I've met so many great people along the way. And I am honestly really, really happy I made this decision. I don't regret it. Yes, I'm older. Um, full disclosure, I'm 28 years old and I'm in my second bachelor's degree, but age is just a number. And I've met some incredible people and the experience has been really nice. I thought engineering was gonna be really hard. I remember sitting in static 
bikes the first day and it was obviously engineering is male dominant field and every everywhere I looked, there was just guys sitting everywhere, very few girls sprinkled across the room. So it was very overwhelming because in my biology classes, it was predominantly female. So yeah, I, at first I'm like, Ooh, did I make the right decision? And as time progressed, I felt more reassured that I did make the right decision and I am really happy. And I feel like this is ultimately where I want to stay in, in engineering and really eventually grow in my career within engineering. That's awesome. I'm really happy for you because I know, I know that can, I, from personal experience, I know how nerve wracking it can be to, to make those switches and feel that you may be, because I, I finished older than most people. I finished when I was 27. So I felt very like early on, oh, why am I taking so long? But at the same time realizing it's fine. I'm doing my thing. I feel good at doing it and it's going to work out. Um, getting a little personal and, and don't and feel free to, to stop me if you want to um when you was there a moment where you felt like i don't know that you made a mistake making that switch like you mentioned statics and you got in there and you're like but again it wasn't something major but was there a moment where you kind of went am i doing the right choice is this did you start second guessing that that decision there was. I mean, since sometimes even nowadays, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm crazy for even getting into this. <laughs> you know, like when I'm studying for exams or it's getting really busy between my internship and school and trying to find that work, that work life balance, because that's really important, too. You need that in order to feel that like energy to keep going in that, you know, like just that feeling of like euphoria. And yeah, I mean, statics for me was overwhelming because it was my first engineering class. And I was like, what is, what is a moment? It was really hard for me to really grasp all these concepts because I was, the method of studying engineering is very different than the method of studying a science course. Mm -hmm. So like I, I took them all. I took biology, I took biochemistry, I took orgo, I took anatomy, physiology. I took all those courses, but the method of studying those classes is extremely different than studying engineering courses so that was the biggest hardest part for me was trying to make that transition but I realized that my brain was wired better for the engineering type of studying than it was for the science type of studying mm. so since I have a very I'm very passionate about math I've always had really good thing for math I don't know if it runs in my family everyone on my dad's side are engineers including my father and so is my sister so I don't know if we're just genetically wired to like math and be good at it but for me it kind of clicked and started clicking and clicking it did require a little bit more sacrifice because I really had to really understand well what is a force because when we take it in physics we don't really pay much attention to it at least I did it because for me I was pre-med and I was like I don't need physics mm. I just need to know anatomy I need to know physiology but when engineering, you really need to know the basics and physics is the basics in my opinion. So I really had to go back a little bit and really understand a lot to, in order to incorporate the bigger picture. So yeah, there were times where I'll never forget dynamics was really one of my hardest ones starting my, my engineering career. Dynamics really was eye-opening. And I was like, oh God, I don't think I'm gonna make it. I was like, I don't think I'm gonna make this. This is tough stuff. But again, that's the resilient part of me that was like, no, you can't let this define you. Like you're better than this. You just have to put in the work. And I did put in the work and it proved to work. And time, semester and semester, I, I proved myself that just putting in the work, putting in the sacrifice and not letting a grade define your ability to be an engineer 
can really make you a better person and ultimately get you where you want to be. I think that's one of the hardest things when I was younger was I let a grade define me and I started to like, was like, oh God, am I in the right place? Am I doing the right thing? It's just a grade. Why would you do let that define you? No, you just get up. Everyone has hiccups. You kind of get yourself back up and you say, okay, the next exam is going to be better. And you just study change your study habits, look at what you're doing wrong. Maybe ask a friend, hey, how are you studying for this? Because I didn't, obviously didn't do well. And I want to, to see where I'm, where, what I'm missing here in this puzzle piece. I'm studying this way, what are your methods? That's how I kind of started to, to do it in my engineering career so far. I've asked, made friends, just sat next to someone and started talking to them. And then I'm like, oh, by the way, how, how are you studying for this class? I would piggyback on their methods because some people have a different way of studying. I am a visual learner. So for me, I have to see it to really understand it. And then after seeing it, I have to do it myself. And that's how I learn. There's people that just learn by just simply like listening and being able to do it. Or some people that just learn by reading the book. Sometimes the book helps me. Sometimes it doesn't. Every class is different. But I, I realized that you really have to find what works best for you. I rely on YouTube a lot. I'm not going to lie. I love yeah. watching YouTube videos because there's so many ways of doing a problem. And one way works better for you than the, the way the professor taught it. And if it helps you and it helps you understand the concept, then you'll be able to solve any problem just like, like that one. Does that make sense? So I've used a lot of my resources and I became very resourceful in trying to figure out the best way to target, to, to attack a problem or attack a class in the engineering world. Yeah, I love you too. Save me plenty of time. Um, going to pressures, uh, did you ever, when did you, when did you begin to turn off whatever external pressures you felt you had? You know, you mentioned, you know, you're obviously, and I'm, I relate to that. Our parents come, you know, you want to be proud of them. I'm also the first generation, you know, first kid to go to college. How do you turn that off to focus on what you feel you got to do for yourself? I think for me, it was just time. I think for me, it was time and maturity. I feel like we start college very young and I wish there, was a, there wasn't such a timeline like you have to start college right after high school. There's some kids that are not ready to go from high school straight to college, you know? They need a little bit more guidance or support before they actually are on their own in college because they think they know, but in reality, they don't. So for me, I think it was time where I kind of like stood my ground and I was like, okay, I can make my parents proud by just finishing school and being happy ultimately. Like I knew my parents wanted me to be happy with whatever career path I took, but I knew part of them wanted me wanted the best for me and they knew there were certain careers that were going to provide me a better lifestyle. So that's why they were more like, hey, have you thought of maybe doing engineering or law or medical school? I'll be honest with you. My mom was like that. She was like, hey, I don't know. I really could see you being a doctor. You've always had a, a thing for science. You've always liked this and that. And she saw it in me very little. So then I've always also been very open to what my mom thinks. But then at one point, I sat down with her and I said, hey, I know you guys are looking up to me because I'm a role model to all my other cousins and my sister, but I really have to see where I find myself fit best. Mm -hmm. And ultimately going to have to change my career path. And they were very supportive of it because my dad really questioned me, like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? 
And that for me was very eye-opening. And that's when I started to realize, okay, enough with the pressure. I really need to focus because at the end of the day, who's going to be the one showing up to work? Me. Who's going to be the one paying the bills? Me. Who's going to be the one providing to my family? Me. Not my mom, not my dad, not any outside external forces. It's going to be me. Who's going to be waking up every morning and looking at themselves in the mirror and being miserable or being happy? Me. So that's when I kind of had to draw that line and say, okay, enough is enough. You're, people are going to be proud of me. People, I'm not going to please everyone. That's and no, you'll never please everyone. And ultimately you have to please yourself and you have to please your career path and where your happiness truly lies. And that's when I kind of drew that line and focused on where I wanted to go. That's good. I like that because a lot of students, I haven't even been asked this week, you know, how do they deal with like the parents thing and like they're asking them to do this and that. And it's like, literally sometimes you have to sit them down and make them understand, like, I got to do this for me. I can't, I can't have all these things because I'm just going to end up going all over the place. So I'm glad you did it. Cause I obviously have my own woman too, or, you know, I sat my dad down like, listen, you have a vision. I have a different vision. You got to trust me when I get there, you'll see it. And then at that point, and I think it was really, you know, a little bit of my, my backstory. Like my dad was very, you know, focused on the traditional, you go to college four to five years, then you get a job. That's all he knew. And no, you know, there was no disrespect to him because that's, that's what he knew. But I told him it's not that simple. Sometimes you have to diverge a little bit. You got to do this and that to get to that. And he found that to be a very hard thing to understand. Um, but, you know, just doing it and telling him, you just got to let me do it. And then getting internships, getting, you know, the jobs and realizing, wow, look where he ended up. And I think once I graduated and got, had the offer ready to go, he was like, listen, man, you know what you're doing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up. You got it. And even when I recently got to Disney and made this switch, he, re- he recognized, because me and my dad are the same mentality where sometimes you may not get that one thing you want right off the bat. And kind of what you mentioned earlier, you have to take the steps to get to that. He started thinking, look, man, you, you, you knew what you were doing, even if 100% of the time you didn't know. You ended up going to where you wanted to be. And I'm like, Luke, you can do whatever you want now. I don't have to tell you anything. You're good. You're free. Um, so I like that you mentioned that because I think a lot of people are, are timid to kind of make that necessary, draw the line, let me do my thing. So I think our parents always have our best interest at heart and they just want us to, they see our potential from like when we're very young. So they're like, oh, I see the potential in, in him being an engineer. I see a potential in her being a doctor. I see a potential in her being in law or being a lawyer. They see the potential in us and then they want us to make the right decision so that's why they kind of Mm. mold us into this path and then sometimes it's right and sometimes it's wrong but that doesn't mean that they're out to you know they're trying to hinder us from being successful but we look at it like that because we feel that pressure so at some point you have to say you know I understand that this is like where you see me but I think it's best for me to really take a step back and reanalyze things because I maybe I'm not I'm not suited for engineering or maybe I'm not suited for medicine or maybe I'm not suited for law so that's when I realized because I was very I remember when I was like in high school oh my god I love I love to watch Judge Judy with my mom when I was younger before (laughs) and I'm like oh I could see myself in law but let's be honest I can't see myself reading big textbooks for us no way so then that's when I discarded law as much as I loved Judge Judy and how great she was 
I knew like that wasn't for me. So then that's how I kind of started to see the mold of like where I could go. And obviously it took a little longer path, but I think it's, it ultimately, it leads you in the right direction. And like I say, I have a strong faith that God always is like showing us the light. And sometimes we're very resilient one way and he's trying to show us another way. And that, I think ultimately that's what really happened to me. He, I was full force this way and he was like, nope, nope, nope. You gotta be, you gotta shift gears. You gotta shift gears. And I was just not listening. I wanted to say, I wanted to say because I wanted to prove myself. But you can prove yourself going a different way. And as long as you're happy, it ultimately pays off because you'll see the the immediate gratification of your hard work. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So I want to ask you because we ran into each other a few months ago at the national convention, and you know, for someone who switched careers. And you mentioned how it's very different, like the whole approach of the medical field and you have to do this, you have to do that. When you were approaching now finding your first or second internship or going to these events, what was your mentality going into that? Were you thinking, oh my God, am I in this whole new thing? Am I going to do this right? Or were you banking on, listen, I know how to talk to people maybe, or, you know, I have some experience. What was that approach for you going into now looking for something in engineering? Yes, my sister was the biggest driving force for me to go to all these events, to be honest with you. Um, She's obviously an industrial engineer and she did very well here at UCF and she ended up getting a lot of offers before she picked the company that she ultimately is working for. But she, even though she's the youngest, she's been like the role model that I've been looking up to in the engineering career because she's really showed me a lot, taught me a lot um, and really guided me in the process. So for me, I was very overwhelmed. I remember reaching out to you and asking you like, hey, can you critique my resume? Because obviously it was so like bio-based, so medical-based, it was heavily. That's all I had. And I knew I was going into a conference where most of these companies were looking for engineering interns. So I was like, geez, how am I gonna stand out? Like I'm all biology experience. Um, And that was very nerve wracking for me. I'm not going to lie. I felt like I was going, I was going to be an underdog essentially, because I was like, I don't know if I have anything to offer to these companies, but I was very surprised at the way that these recruiters look at you. They don't look at you as an engineer. They look at you as a human being and what you've done and what your experience can offer to the company, even if it's not engineering experience. Like, do you have work ethic? What does your work ethic look like? Because you worked for XYZ company, even if it's not an engineering company, they see that you, oh, you've worked here, you've worked here, you have like a good diverse experience that you can offer something even if you don't think you can. So for me, I think I set myself up for like, okay, I'm not going to get anything. And that was a very negative mindset for me to go into conference because it proved to be completely opposite. I got to network and meet a lot of people, which I think is very important. And if you don't get anything out of conference or anything out of, if you don't get an internship out of it, networking and meeting people and connecting on LinkedIn, you just never know when these people can be of help to you either in the near future or in the far future of life, like if you end up working for that company. Um, so I, networking was really, really, really special for me. I really enjoyed it. I'm a people person. I can essentially, my sister says I can talk to the wall and I believe it. So for me, it wasn't hard about communicating with others. For me, it was more of like, hey, I switched gears and this is the, ge- this is the path I've decided to take, which is engineering. I know I don't have it. And I was very transparent. I don't have engineering experience, Mr. Recruiter, but 
I'm resilient. I'm back in school. I enjoy learning and I just want to be given the opportunity to learn and really see what path in engineering I want to take. Do I want to go down the quality path? Do I want to go down manufacturing? Do I want to go down sales? Like, I don't know, but give me that opportunity so I can learn and really see what path I want to take. And then just hearing you say that you just want to learn and seeing the passion, they're so willing to give you an opportunity, even if it's not the opportunity you want or your number one choice, but you just have to start somewhere and you can't set yourself limits. You can't say, Oh no, I'm not going to work for X, Y, Z company because my dream company is this one. Mm -hmm. No, you start somewhere. And eventually the doors will slowly start to open. Everything takes time as humans. We want immediate gratification and everything because we think we deserve it, but that's not how life works. Life works, how it wants it to, how it wants to work. And you just have to start somewhere and little by little, you get to where you want to be. So I think the best advice I could give someone is just be you and show that you have a passion in engineering and you're willing to learn and you just want to dive right in. And there, there's always some recruiter out there that's willing to give you that opportunity. Oh, I mean, 100%. Because having done recruiting, the one thing that I always try to tell people, relax. It doesn't matter if you have all this technical knowledge. I just want to know you want to work. I want to know if you actually care about what you're doing. And, and I think if, if there's any recommendation I have to any like educational whatever platform is to begin teaching people that because a lot of these especially nowadays with like COVID and all the stuff that's happened they're just so stressed and getting all the technical round they just forget to communicate they don't know how to talk they don't know how to you know convey themselves 100% to show me that you're not just a uh, you know someone who does numbers on an excel spreadsheet I want to know that you have actually a passion for what you want to do so I'm glad you went in there you know going into that aware of that and, and experiencing that um, now, before we come up to the hour, I do want to ask you, you have had two internships now, correct? Correct. So getting now in the field, certain aspects, having gone through all your experience and now making this big change, what was that like for you? So my first internship was with Ecolab and it was this past summer shot in Charlotte, North Carolina. It was a great experience. I Obviously, not only did I get to move to a different city and live that city life over there, but I also did a technical sales role. So it was very different. So I was out in different, um, I was in the transportation de department. So I was out in different roles, doing a lot of incredible experience, meeting a lot of people, learning how the role works. And I think that's really important. And I got to learn a lot about what technical engineering sales individual does because like I said I'm a people person so I can see myself in sales like ultimately I would I would really truly see myself doing sales so I wanted to see what that was like so I took up that offer and I went on to do that and I really enjoyed it and I met some incredible people and after that yeah COVID was very hard and it was really hard for me to find a job in engineering after my summer internship going back to school in the fall, getting myself organized. Obviously the classes were getting harder as my engineering career progressed. And I then got the opportunity after literally applying for eight straight months, I applied everywhere. So you can, you name it, I know I applied everywhere. And rejection after rejection, because that's just the nature of it. COVID has makes, made it very hard to be personal with someone and like going up to someone and say, hey, look at my resume. No, you're a piece of paper to a company when you submit it online. So it makes it even harder. Mm -hmm. So I started listening to my sister's advice. She told me, hey, go on LinkedIn, find a company that you're interested in working for. 
if it's in Orlando or if you have the flexibility to go to a different country, a different state, find that company, message someone within that company, even if they're not a hiring manager or a recruiter, just find someone. They'll lead you to the right person where you can just message them and say, hey, I'm a student. I am very interested in quality. I would love an opportunity to just chat with you, see what your career has been like. Even if they don't offer you an internship or even if they don't offer you the opportunity to apply to one, you can at least pick at their brain and really gather some ideas as to what they do for a living and really see if that's something you ultimately want to do. And so that's what I started to do. And eventually it led me to the right people. Again, networking is a huge thing in, in the engineering world. And it led me to the right people. And I eventually landed my internship at Lockheed. Um, it took eight months. You gotta be patient. Mm-hmm. Again, everyone wants instant gratification. It doesn't work that way. It takes time. And yeah, I was pulling my hairs out. I was really hard for me because I like to stay busy. And I, even though I was busy academically, part of me felt like I needed to work and I needed to gain that engineering experience. And that ultimately is really important in the engineering world. And my sister told me every day, you need an internship, you need an internship. I was like, geez, I know, I know, but I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Mm-hmm. And eventually it worked out. You just have to believe the trust in the process and believe that what you're doing is the right thing. And ultimately the door, that door will open. And yeah, now I'm interning at Lockheed. Um, it's been a great experience so far. I've only been there for four weeks. So I've been learning a lot, meeting a lot of people and I'm very happy and I can't wait to see what the future has. Nice, nice. Now, let me ask almost something similar to what your dad said. What's next? I know it's only been four weeks. I know it's only been a little bit, but you know, is there anything in like the, the foreseeable future? I'm not gonna give you the 10 year question because that's, but like, is there anything immediate that you can see like, well, what, what would I love to try next? My first thing is graduating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really, like that's, that's it. That's like my goal right now is just graduate with my engineering degree. And I've had people ask me, are you going to go back to school and do a master's degree in engineering or get your PhD? I don't know. I feel like I've dedicated a lot of time to my career in school that I really need to focus. I truly think that right now, but maybe things will change with time. I really need, truly think I need to focus on my career growth in the workforce. Mm-hmm. Really real figure out if I want to go into quality, if I want to go into manufacturing, if I essentially want to do the sales route. So thankfully I've had the opportunity to really target two of those things. Um, I'm still considering the quality just because of my personality. I could really see myself fit in quality, but I think once you get into a company, even if it's not the company of your dreams, you will get the opportunity to experience different sectors within engineering and really ultimately find that niche. So for me, I think my ultimate goal is to really focus on wherever I end up going after graduation and really find that niche. And then from there, I'll decide if, hey, a master's will benefit me in my career growth. And therefore, I'll, maybe I'll go back and do a master's or, hey, I don't wanna do a master's. I don't wanna go for my PhD. Then maybe then I'll consider it. But I think right now my ultimate goal is graduate and dedicate my life to the workforce and really realize what sector of engineering I want to get into. That's awesome. And yeah, it's you're hundred percent correct. I think a lot of people like to jump the idea of getting their master's and that's fine. I mean, Hey, if you know what you want to do power to you, but um, I was a similar way where you jump in and I just, I wanted to try different things before I made a choice of where to go as a master's degree, for example. And I think you have the right mindset where, 
you know, for me, I had done so many years in school. I was like, let me just work. Let me figure out what the next thing is. Let me try a few things. And the thing that I really liked that you said was a lot of people are so dedicated in finding that dream company that they don't take advantage that if it's not that dream company, you know, try things out. Maybe you finally figure out that maybe that dream company will not be your dream company because you figured out what they do is not what you want to do, you know? So I'm glad you said that because that's kind of how I ended up where I was like, I kind of don't want to do engineering anymore at a certain point. I kind of want to go to the business side. Unfortunately, things have been working out that way. So my last question um, before we, we end this thing, um, March is uh, Women's History Month and we're doing a lot of Sheptina's events for, for our lady engineers. And you mentioned earlier that you, when you came into engineering, you obviously realized it's a very male-dominated industry. Um, I want to see if you have any words of wisdom or any advice or just observations for our ladies who are there who are just trying to make it through all this, trying to get ahead. From your experience or experience you've seen from any, anyone else, is there anything you can offer our ladies out there? The best advice I could offer, not only to ladies, but also men, but before I jump into ladies, is find truly what career path makes you happy, even if it's not engineering. Don't lie to yourself. Um, truly think to yourself, where do I want to be in life? How far, how much time am I willing to give myself to get to where I want to be in life? And that will help you answer some of those questions. And then more importantly, where will I be happy and wake up every morning and enjoy what I'm doing? Um, that's one of the best advice I can give to anyone that's young and going through some, you know, doubts as to where they want to go. And for women, I think the best advice I can give you guys is we need more female engineers. Like uh, we just have a way of doing things. Males are great and everything. And again, but I feel like as women, we have so much to offer in engineering. There's so many things that really truly need a woman mindset to really make it work or make it better. And so just think about that, like, oh, I can make such a big impact in a company. And women are really like respected in engineering. I was surprised how many women are in Lockheed. I would have never thought that. And I was genuinely surprised how many females I've met at Lockheed. And it makes it very special because it's like, you know, males seem to dominate the field, but we're slowly creeping up. And I think that's important. We need to have a good diverse group of different mindsets. And I think women have a lot to offer. So I would say like, don't give up. I know it's hard. And sometimes you'll find a lot of friends. Most of them are the males that get the higher grades, but that doesn't make, is not going to make him a better engineer than you are. We're all both capable of being just as great. So I think the best advice is just keep pushing and don't let a grade or a hiccup semester to find your, your ultimate career if it is in fact engineering. Well, well said. Um, well, look, as always, thank you so much. And if there's anything I can offer you, like, good job. I think you're doing amazing things. So if, if it's worth anything, I'm proud. Like, I'm glad that you, everything's working out for you. So just keep at it. And as always, if you need any help, let me know. Um, but other than that, thank you as always for being here. I really do appreciate it, it means a lot. Um, so as we close everything, everybody, uh, just keep in mind our updates, conferences, all that good stuff. You can find us on social media, LinkedIn, Shepherd and Seven, all that good stuff. Uh, and yeah, until next time, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for having me. Good luck, everyone. <laughs>